Hey everybody, Chris Fafalius here. If you enjoy One Hit Thunder, which I'm assuming you do considering you're listening to it right now, I want to tell you about another great music podcast on the Evergreen Podcast Network. It's called Riffs on Riffs. On this season of Riffs on Riffs, hosts Toby Braswell and Joe Watson are breaking down one iconic pop song each week. Everything from Taylor Swift's Cruel Summer to Journey's Don't Stop Believin' to Naughty by Nature's OPP. Each week, they crack open the song, trace its history, decode those cryptic lyrics, and unearth the hidden gems in its musical DNA. Not only do they dive into the song's history, lyrics, and impact, they also go down some fun and oftentimes hilarious rabbit holes. So yeah, if you're a fan of One Hit Thunder, I think you'll also enjoy Riffs on Riffs. So go hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your pods. Hey everybody, I'm Chris Fafalius, and I'm the producer of Chris to Makes a Podcast and the host of the One Hit Thunder Podcast. And I'm Matt Kelly, host of Horror Movie Night and the producer slash the head of content for the Geekscape Podcasting Network. Between the two of us, we have, believe it or not, 25 years of podcasting experience, and we want to help you start your own podcast. We know podcasting, and we want to share that knowledge with you. So whether you're new to podcasting or you want some feedback on your currently active podcast, we want to help. Or perhaps you're just overwhelmed with all of the editing work. Well, we can help you with that also. You can check out our website at weknowpodcasting.com for more information. We're excited to help your podcasting dreams become a reality. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. In 1990, Vanilla Ice was on top of the world thanks to the phenomenon that was Ice Ice Baby. But by 1991, he was an over-commercialized laughingstock. This week, we're joined by my Another Cheetah bandmate, Matt Jersevich, to analyze the questionable lyrics of a song that so many of us know every word to and try to figure out how Rob Van Winkle went from hero to zero so quickly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Love it or leave it, you better gain weight. You better hit bulls out of kid, don't play. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. One hit is all you need to make the money guaranteed. And you can live off royalties forever. And it makes me wonder, is it just a wonder? So, Juris, let me ask you a question. If you broke your ankle in a motocross race, what is the first thing you would do? Rap. <laughs> Wrong. <laughs> you, would, you would take up dancing oh. and beatboxing, which is what Vanilla Ice did, which I thought was really funny. Like, broke my ankle. I'm going to take up dancing. <laughs> uh, but wait a minute. <laughs> that's the worst idea ever. Yes, that's, that's completely the opposite. Like which, break dancing. Yeah. I, I guess. Spinning around and stuff. Yeah. I guess that's what you could say Vanilla Ice does. And... Did you watch the music video recently? Uh, yes. Ice Ice Baby. Uh-huh. Is he a good dancer? Because it seems to me like someone doing an impression of someone doing a vanilla ice dance. It's very uh, calisthenic based dancing, yeah, I guess. I found it to be uh, entertaining when I was nine. Like yeah. the, the, like the spinning around and the cabbage patch and stuff. So I'm going to say yes. I mean, I, I find it humorously entertaining right now to watch it. So I wouldn't say it's... Well, let's not beat around exactly the bush. bad. <laughs> I definitely loved this when I was nine or 10 years oh, old. Oh, yeah. And it was actually the first... 
compact disc I ever owned because it was Christmas Eve and I got a present from my aunt. And this was at the time where CDs were still in the long boxes. Do you remember the long boxes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I got a long boxed shaped present, opened it up and it was the Vanilla Ice CD. And then I was like, wait a minute. (laughs) And then I knew what my gift for Christmas morning was going to be was a CD player. Oh, and okay. And so I got the Vanilla Ice CD before I even had a CD player. Oh. And I loved it, no yeah. doubt. But I wonder if we were just right in that sweet spot of age. Like, if I would have been 14, would I have been like, this is the worst thing I've ever heard? Or would I have dug it? <sighs> I don't know. It's hard, man. Uh, I'm trying to think about why this song ruled my life for a year and a half. Like, I would sit there and on the radio and just turn the dial back and forth before I got the cassette. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you got the CD, so you were cooler than me. Yeah. And tried to catch it on the radio station for hours and hours one night and and, Which, and tape it on a cassette on my boom box. Right. But you said you got the CD. I got the cassette. My dad took me to the mall, got me the cassette. I put it in. We listened to it on the ride home. <laughs> By the time we got home, I did not own that cassette wow. anymore. Why? Because of Hooked. <laughs> yeah, okay, Hooked. We, we, let's get into Hooked. Because yeah. I listened to it this morning. It was recently our friend Eric Hora was home. I think we listened to that song together, which was basically it's a loop of some sort of horn sounding synth. Bah. But the story is that he knew a guy named Randy who was hooked on a girl named Candy. Well, yeah, okay. But what was the story? Basically? They started out having sex for fun. Oh, right. But now the girl has got him on the run. Gotcha. Uh, so yeah, when my dad heard having sex for fun, <laughs> it was it was all over, man, all over. And, and there's there's more salacious stuff. If yeah. I can remember on it, it was, you know, he was he wasn't very. I don't know. I can't imagine what a full grown man listening to the Vanilla Ice album. <laughs> I mean, I'd assume that your your dad probably liked seventies rock yeah. or something. Yeah. And you put yeah. on the thing <laughs> is he, he didn't throw it away. He hid it in the drop ceiling. Wow. But I, why would you do that if you don't want me to listen to it? Is he going to wait a, a few years until I'm old enough to, <laughs> to listen to this to, cassette? So you're, <laughs> you're having sex for fun? <laughs> or, but yeah, I, or maybe I, he was secretly... Do you think secretly he loved it? Maybe. And was maybe listening maybe to it. Maybe he did, time? yeah. Exactly. As far as Ice Ice Baby goes, I still know every word to this song mm-hmm. somehow. It's imprinted into my brain forever. Even if I don't listen to it for 10 years, I'll still know all the words. Mm-hmm. That's impressive. It's catchy. That's definitely a, a, a catchy song that has stood the test of time, even if it's for people to talk shit on it now. I still catch it every once in a while on on the radio. You know, mm-hmm. I don't think they're playing it ironically. I think uh, people uh, still dig it. Yeah. Wink. I feel like <laughs> so I've been trying to do a little bit of research, but I'm trying to think of like, you know, you're wondering, would you at 14 have been into this? And I guess the the answer to that question would be like, it depends on how much exposure you had to hip hop leading up to this, because like looking at the hip hop songs that like were mainstream successes prior to this, it was like beastie boys who kind of always had one foot in like punk and rock music anyway, run DMC when they're doing a song with Aerosmith and then like some LL Cool J. So I feel like 
for someone who'd never listened to any other rap, this have being a mainstream hit, it probably similar to like a lot of the other stuff we've talked about this week where it's like, oh, this doesn't sound like anything else I've ever heard. So you kind of get like, for lack of a better term, hooked onto it. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. I just saw a fact in the notes here, which kind of blows my mind because this is the second time in an episode that we recorded this week. It was Public Enemy who campaigned for Vanilla Ice to get signed to Def Jam. Uh-huh. Who Public Enemy also were the champions behind Young Black Teenagers, the all-white rap group. <laughs> why Why was Public Enemy getting all these white rappers signed at this time? I, I don't really... They're just looking at the talent, man. I, I guess. You know? yeah. the, maybe the talent flip side only. was the bigger that Young Black Teenagers and Vanilla Ice get, the more hardcore Public Enemy looks. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> it's, a, it's a strategic move. Yeah. Yeah. Like having a less attractive friend going out with them. Yeah. yeah. Well, apparently Public Enemy got... I signed based on his good looks and dance moves, which is <laughs> he's got some killer bone structure, man. Yep. Yeah. That yeah. would get you a record label any day. We also, I did think it was questionable that we were calling this a one hit wonder because there was play that funky music as well as ninja rap, but Matt gave it the okay because this song is listed on most lists of greatest one hit wonders. And it is, I guess the song that the average person still remembers. I, I still remember play that funky music, but I, I did have this CD and listen to it a lot. So <laughs> that could explain that. Yeah, it's got some good tracks on it, like "It's a Party" and yeah. "Dancing." <laughs> have an aroni. <laughs> it has on this uh, CD. There, uh, there's a lot of memorable songs on here. Uh, Rasta Man. Yeah. Rasta Man, you be jamming so smooth. You're rocking on the Ike and you can only improve. The verses of Ice Ice Baby do stand out as the actual like only good rapping on the CD, I would say. Uh-huh. And it makes me wonder if he actually wrote it. I heard that he wrote it when he was 16 with his friend doing something sinister, drug dealing or something like that. So, uh, He's got his one hit from something he wrote when he was 16. So, yeah. I don't know, man. <laughs> yeah. As far as the song, I mean, this guy came and went fast because mm-hmm. it was like, boom. And then he was a joke. Right. I feel like he was a joke within six months. We watched a very unfunny, granted, uh, Jim Carrey parody of Vanilla Ice from In Living Color. Uh-huh. It, I mean, it wasn't funny. No. <laughs> uh, it was like Vanilla Ice kicked his shoe off. Like, I could almost talk more shit on the Jim Carrey parody than the actual song. It was like... I feel like 99% of the time when I watch old In Living Color clips, I'm like, this was supposed to be, like, dangerous for kids to watch because it seems like it's written specifically for an 8 to 12-year-old audience. (laughs) I mean, it it was 1990, so I guess comedy or whatever wasn't there yet. You know, I'm sure that most stuff was bad, but Jim Carrey... I don't know. People moved, went on to love Jim Carrey for all. I, I've never, not until Jim Carrey became like a serious actor and he was like in good stuff and he played Andy Kaufman. I'm like, oh, I like Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey, I don't know. Never thought he was funny. I just didn't think Fire Marshal Bill was funny. Didn't think any of that stuff was funny. Not an Ace Ventura guy? No. Oh. Never. I was, <laughs> He's violently no. No. I mean, and not I, Dumb and Dumber? Nothing? No. no. Not no. Dumb and Dumber? No. Wow. Yeah. I was an Adam Sandler guy. Well, I am too, but not Dumb and Dumber? 
Wow, Dumb and Dumber's incredible. I was always picking sides for some reason. Chris, you were saying about him uh, falling off real quick. He came on the scene in like 1990, right? 89 was his time. Yo, 90 was his year. Yo, 90 was his year. So 91 was grunge. That was Nirvana. Right. So he was right at the end of that wave, right on top of that wave. Mm -hmm. And then... Boom. That shit was over. He may have been like the match that needed struck. Like, okay. Uh-huh. You got to put an end to this. Yeah. <laughs> he may, he uh-huh. may have been the catalyst. Yeah. Hair and his metal. hair looked like fire. Yeah. That's yeah. a good analogy. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Hair metal may have been like the match, but this may have been the the, the strike of it <laughs> that that put it all to an end. I, uh, I When was Ninja Rap? So Ninja Rap never charted. Okay, it's only still. it's only remembered because of kids who watched the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie, yeah. <laughs> right? But but that it... was ninety two. Oh, okay, he hung on. He hung on for a little while. I want to talk about the song a little bit. Mm-hmm. The story, what like what's happening in the song? Like we all know the lyrics, but do you ever think about like the story of what's happening in the song? Well, I was thinking about it lately. Let's do some uh, lyrical analysis. So I think the first verse is kind of just bragging about how good he is at. Rapping? <laughs> it's, all right, stop, collaborate, and listen. Ice is back with my brand new invention, meaning... He invented rap. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> As we all know, Vanilla Ice invented rap. When you trace back its origins, yes. Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you know the famous Vanilla Ice interview on Arsenio Hall? Um, you know what? I don't remember. Remind me. It was me basically what... Arsenio Hall was kind of calling him out for like, yo, you are... A poser? Yeah, totally. <laughs> and he's kind of, and Vanilla Ice is kind of sticking up for... You, you could check it out on your okay. own. Okay, all right. It's yeah. one of those moments. It's very cringeworthy on Vanilla Ice's part. Because basically, Arsenio Hall is like, hey, you are taking black culture and basically making a mockery of it and becoming the biggest artist and super rich. Will you acknowledge that? And he's basically like, nah, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> so, yeah, right off the bat, Vanilla Ice invented rap, basically. Mm-hmm. Something grabs a hold of me tightly. Flow like a harpoon daily and nightly. Yeah, that's what. That's the one thing I was thinking about the most whenever I was rereading the lyrics and listening to this again is... How does a large metal spear flow? And daily and nightly. And all, all day and all night. I, we have to do a little research into harpoons. And- <laughs> I'm going to pull up the rap genius oh, for this. Oh, okay. I'm sure that there's some breakdowns so on this. That is it the throw looking. of the harpoon that's the flow that he's... Uh, I- Yes, or is there another definition of harpoon we don't know? Oh about? yeah, that's, that's we might be ignorant. nothing on rap genius for that line. Oh, okay. Well, well, Joseph and I will go through <laughs> and say what we think, and then we'll consult Matt's yeah, rap genius. Yeah, let's do that. Will it ever stop? Yo, I don't know. Turn off the lights and I'll glow. In the video, the music video, he does have a slight blue glow to him, which uh-huh. is some sort of effect that now in Final Cut you could just like put on. But uh-huh. at the time, it probably cost this. This the music video, by the way. We learned cost eight thousand dollars to make. Yeah. So they probably spent about two thousand dollars on that on that light blue glow. Yes. <laughs> to the extreme, I rock the mic like a vandal, light, light up the stage. the stage, and wax a chump like a candle. Which what's the vandal line again? Say that so, again. <laughs> I, so I actually just rap genius this one, and okay. it makes way more sense now. Okay. I rock the mic like a vandal. A vandal is someone who deliberately destroys property. So Vanilla Ice is implying that he is destroying the mic. Oh, okay. Okay. And then light up the stage and wax a chump like a candle. Wax a chump? Is he in a rap battle? Is he waxing those chumps? I believe so. That's what I would assume. He's rap battling? Yeah. I mean... I'll take that one. Wax, uh, ma- candles are made of wax. Yes. <laughs> you can't wax a candle. Yeah. Or maybe you can. I mean, it's anything's possible. You can wax a candle. 
if you want to shine it up real nice. But uh, yeah. I guess I see he's <laughs> trying to do the uh, comparison. He just, I get it. It's a stretch, but I get it. It's a, I'll accept that one. That's fine. Dance. Go rush to the speaker that booms. I'm killing your brain like a poisonous mushroom. Mm-hmm. Okay. Deadly. When I play a dope melody, anything less than the best is a felony. Okay, so he has to write the best lyrics or he's doing 7 to 10. Right, okay. Okay. Love it or leave it, you better gangway. You better hit bullseye, the kid don't play. So I guess it's more of a reference to the rap battle that's still still going on. Like, you better hit me with your best shot Uh because the kid don't play. Right. Right. But he also used gangway, which is a reference from like the 1930s. (laughs) The, the rap genius on that one was, sometimes you may mishear this as you better gain weight, but that doesn't make sense. <laughs> gain way is an exclamation you make when you want people to get out of your way to make more room for you. Yeah, that's what they yell in King Kong 1933 to get out of the way of King Kong. You better gain weight, see? Hey, Faye, you better gain weight. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves it. Dishay his DJ. Dishay. I always thought it was Dishay, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. That's pretty confusing. Yeah. T- terrible name for, as a DJ. <laughs> DJ. People, people are going to think you have a speech impediment. Yes. Dishay. Yeah. Okay. So I, I get it. Just kind of bragging. Bra- braggadocio first yeah. first. Yep. We're not getting into the real meat and potatoes of the story of this song yet. Yeah. He's just, you know, warming up there. Yeah. So ice, ice, baby. Vanilla ice, ice, baby. Dip you, your head you, in gravy. You know the deal. Uh, now that the party is jumping... With the bass kicked in, and the Vegas are pumping? Vegas. Vegas. Like a Vegas speaker. Oh, oh. that's a brand of speaker? Yeah. Okay. Oh. Vegas are pumping. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not familiar with the ones and twos, so, yeah. you know. It's a brand of audio amplifiers and subwoofers. Their current slogan is the undisputable boss of the bass. Okay. You should go by the nickname of Vegas because you're also the undisputed boss of bass. That's yep. true. That is me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm calling you that from now on. (laughs) (laughs) Quick to the point, to the point, no faking. Cooking MCs like a pound of bacon. Bacon, yeah. Okay, we get what that means. He's still just... This guy doesn't stand a chance that's up there. I don't even think he's getting a chance to rap. He's just sizzling in in the glow of ice. The guy's guys. just slinking away <laughs> like i'm getting i'm getting roasted so hard here I, I appreciate this little factoid from rap genius which just says it only takes 10 to 15 minutes to fully cook bacon so vanilla ice is making quick work of these other rappers in such a short amount of time burning them if you ain't quick and nimble i go crazy when i hear a simple <laughs> and a hi-hat with a souped up tempo i'm on a roll it's time to go solo. Why is it time to go solo? I thought he was with d I don't know what this is in reference to. Maybe he's had his whole crew with him, which in the music video, he surrounds himself with a lot of black people for a white rapper. Mm-hmm. For credibility's yes, sake. Yes, yeah. I'm assuming stunt. That, yeah. that's, that's what's going on there. We also watched the video. I don't know what their names are. The two YouTube kids who watch videos for the first time ever. <laughs> who they wish I knew the name of their YouTube channel or whatever. But they're very famous for watching videos for the first time ever and really loving the song no matter what. And obviously they really love this song, but they were they do refer to Vanilla Ice as them a lot. Like <laughs> they, as if like Yo, they're letting <laughs> they're letting the white guy go. They're letting him that Vanilla Ice. That they're letting him rap. Yeah. Love it. Maybe they're noticing that he's saying it's time to go solo. Yeah, maybe rolling in my 5.0, which 
I don't know what kind of car a 5.0 is, but be a Mustang. Yeah, in the video, it's does it's not that impressive of a car. It looks like <laughs> it looks like a convertible Sebring or yeah. something. <laughs> My uh, college roommate had a one of those drop top, uh, old school, you know, like early 90s, late 80s Mustangs, and uh, it was it. It's not. It's the least impressive Mustang <laughs> yeah. that that, not that has ever been manufactured. You are correct. It yes. reminds me of a Chrysler LeBaron a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it looks it? like a LeBaron. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Matt, rap genius, check in. What's a 5.0? It is in fact a Ford Mustang 5.0. Okay. The car features a 4.9 liter engine, which they simply rounded up to 5.0. It is oh, still in production today. You nice. gotta be kidding me. <laughs> well, he got his rag top down so his hair can blow. Mm-hmm. The girlie's on standby, waiting just to say hi. Did you stop? No. No. I just drove by. He's got other things to do. Well, I mean, where are they? Where are they on standby? Are they just on the street? I, I wa- guess I watched the video yeah. and they were just, he was driving and they were just on the street. Are they on the street just to wait for Vanilla Ice to <laughs> yeah, drive to, by to, so they can wave at him? Yes. <laughs> yeah. But I he, think those are hookers and he it? doesn't realize it. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. yeah. So It's a possibility. Did he stop? No, he just drove by. Yeah. He kept on. <laughs> pursuing to the next stop busted a left and headed to the next block the block was dead yo so he continued to a1a beachfront avenue which that's the hot spot that's a1a beachfront avenue we're talking that's where all the ladies are the men Uh, all the ladies and men are at (laughs) a1a beachfront avenue yeah and i've always wanted to live there and it's my life goal i don't know exactly where it is but when i heard that when i was nine i was like we gotta go there well rap genius has got you covered for it it's state road a1a simply known as the a1a is a road in florida that runs along the atlantic ocean it is representative of the Florida beach culture, and in Miami, the A1A runs through South Beach into an area known for its great nightlife scene. Oh, all right. Well, exactly. So he's what going I out to party. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Girls were hot wearing less than bikinis. I will note in the music video when he says this line, they're fully dressed. There's there's a fully dressed woman licking an ice cream cone. <laughs> you know, unless maybe overly dressed, probably. Yeah. Maybe these yeah. women, maybe the women at the time, since he referenced the 1930s earlier, maybe the women were wearing <laughs> those full body suit yeah. bikinis. I, I don't yeah. know why this fully dressed woman. Yeah, uh, the stripy ones, with, and then yes. you wear the little I mean, swim yeah. cap Let's, on top. I mean, yeah. if we're breaking down production here, right? Eight thousand dollars. Probably a thousand dollars for a camera, two thousand for the. By the time they're getting to the girls, I think it's about ten dollars to get someone yeah. into less than yeah. a bikini, and they're like, "No, I'm good." <laughs> yeah, yeah. We can't right. afford bikinis. Yeah. <laughs> What's your grandma got in her closet? Rockman lovers driving Lamborghinis. What? The What's a rockman lover? Rockman, rockman lovers. I guess you know it's funny. I know all the words to this song. I don't think I've ever like. I've probably never said that line right. I never knew it was rockman lovers. What what does that mean? Is it like Rockman? Is he referring to like, okay, we're talking about 1990. Are there like rockers? Like, you know, like heavy metal, hair metal rockers? Is he? I watched his movie. Yeah. The, the Cool, cool as, ice. as Ice movie. And in it, he goes into something and he has this rock, quote unquote, rock band playing like a Sly and the Family Stone song. The worst <laughs> way you could possibly ever play it. Mm-hmm. So it's like he like hates rock and roll. So maybe he's making fun of people that like rock and roll and not hip hop. I don't know. Maybe he, he doesn't seem to like rock that much back in this time. That's, that's a little a precursor to what we'll get to eventually. Oh, okay. Cause all eventually right. he does. Okay. As we all know. Oh yes, 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 yes. <laughs> so I found an article that is 11 questions about ice ice baby. Okay. <laughs> and there is one that is, 
What are rock band lovers? <laughs> says, I don't know. I've searched and searched and searched, and I cannot find an answer. But apparently they have enough money to drive a Lamborghini. We know this much. They're jealous of Vanilla Ice. We also know this. But I can't find my uber niche early 90s rap white rapper slang to English dictionary that I was working on. So I can never answer this one. Also, an earlier one was, how does a harpoon flow? And the answer was, you mean besides daily and nightly? It's just a gibberish lyric. That means nothing. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's 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 chalk Rockman up to it. Ice was extremely high. How how, how amazing would it be if he's referencing like a rock man, like a man, a man made of rock. <laughs> like driving, a Pokemon? Dry, yeah. 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 Like a Geo dude. From from Pokemon Drive. Like Fantastic Four, yeah. Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. So we're gonna go with that. Rockman lover, so we're gonna assume that this this rock man also has a boner. Yeah. <laughs> Jealous because I'm out getting mine. Shay with a gauge and vanilla with a, a nine. nine. Yeah. Wow. D Shay meaning his Shay. D Shay, yeah. His DJ with a shot with a shot a gauge meaning a shotgun i'm guessing a 12 gauge and okay. it could be a 20 gauge depending on his uh, preference but uh yeah it's a shotgun and then vanilla's got a nine millimeter out of nowhere the guns like yeah. out of nowhere these there was no build-up to this all this guy all we know is he's good at rap battling mm-hmm. he's just cruising down the road the ladies are waving, ladies are waving. he ain't got time having a beautiful floor today and all of a sudden, we got to bring guns into the mix. Maybe they were going to the gun store. Yeah. And then they picked them up. So they're just they're just glazing over that whole experience and just going right back into the 5.0 with their new guns. Right. Okay. So so he's he's rolling in what what I always pictured as a Chrysler LeBaron. Couple couple of guns, <laughs> ready for the chumps on the wall. Oh, all right. Yeah. So the chumps acting ill because they're full of eight ball. So yep. these guys. Cooked up chumps. Yeah, we're ready to go murder some dudes on coke tonight is what's going on in this. Right. I mean, what else are you supposed to do with people on cocaine? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I imagine these guys just having a blast. It's 1990. Still like borderline 80s. Yeah. Coke is fine. Uh We're having a we're at South Beach, like probably the coke capital of the world. These Mm -hmm. guys are just having a blast. Mm -hmm. Here comes Vanilla Ice rolling in with guns. Yep. And just messing everything up yeah. for everybody yeah. but i mean he's they're all melting like chumps yeah. like chump candles Ooh, yes we need to get to the end of this verse because i have an interpretation of what this is actually about and it. i wow. am really upset well <laughs> let's okay. kick it so gunshots rang out like a bell i grabbed my nine all i heard were sh- was shells Fallen on the concrete real fast, jumped in my car slammed on the gas so at some point he actually got out of the car with the guns and, and and causing trouble again, and loose story. and he's getting sh- shot at. This is this is pretty intense. It, it's it's starting to get a little scary. <laughs> so he jumped on a car and slammed on the gas, but it sucks because there's like a traffic jam. <laughs> <laughs> so bumper to bumper, the avenue's packed. I'm trying to get away before the jackers jack. Well, how are you getting away if you're just sitting in traffic, bumper to bumper? Dude, vanilla ice rolls into <laughs> Miami. <laughs> Starts shooting coke addicts. It, it, it is it is bumper to bumper traffic. Jumps out of the car, starts shooting at cokeheads. They're shooting back. <laughs> dives on the ground. Jumps in the car. Slams on the gas. But oh shit! It's a tra- oh yeah! It's a traffic jam. <laughs> well, first of all, everybody on A One A Beachfront Avenue is probably on cocaine at this time because that's what everybody's doing. It's the nightclub Dude, scene. This is so dangerous. So he's just shooting at everyone, <laughs> but here's for so no good reason. It's the next 
line that that makes me think this, right? Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They pass me up confronting all those dope fiends. Is Vanilla Ice like a vigilante that the cops are totally fine with just blowing away coke addicts? Did we wow. just find out that Vanilla Ice is actually Batman? Yeah, he's v- like Vanilla- an informant for the... <laughs> Vanilla Ice is a bootlicker. Vanilla-, <laughs> Vanilla Ice is just fucking... Vanilla Ice is like one of these guys that goes to riots and with a with an AK and shooting, yeah. shooting protesters. Yeah, That's- he's literally just like, I did your job for you, coppers. And they're like, thanks, Ice. Thanks. <laughs> All right, Ice. Whenever there's a problem, we know you can solve it. <laughs> he starts that, that line off with police on the scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's, yeah this is very there's, familiar there's to no, him. There's no room for interpretation in, in the the first line that you said. Yeah. The police are there. Yes, I, I know what you mean. There's no other way of going around it. Police on the scene, you know what I mean? They passed me up, confronted all the dope fiends. So, Vanilla Ice, it's fine you came in here with a shotgun <laughs> and a nine and started firing at all the people partying. It's fine because these guys are on drugs. Yeah. So, fuck them. Yeah. It's basically what the story They're is. They're on here. drugs. You're cool. Yeah. You're yeah, fine. Yeah. You're Vanilla Ice. Get out of here. Yeah. yeah. We'll take care of this. If there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while my DJ revolves. And all he did was cause problems the whole time. Are you kidding me? Never thought about this before. This is totally fucked up. And then he just cops out right at the end there and says, oh, I'll I'll solve the problems. When he just fucked everything up. He caused all the problems. A1A is a goddamn fire of a train wreck. And he's saying that he solved the problem. These guys on coke, they may have just done a bunch of coke. Got real sweaty, partied, maybe went on a boat. Yeah. You know? Did some marlin fishing. What? Yeah. I mean, what? why is Vanilla Ice so pissed about this <laughs> is what we have to figure out. I don't I don't know why. But there's lots more, though, right? Uh, maybe maybe yeah. we'll get to it. Yeah. Yeah. And there, there's, there's a radio edit version of this. And then there's a longer version of this and yeah. all that stuff. So, yeah. So th- this is the story. Do we, does Rap Genius have anything more to say? Did we figure out what's going on nah, here? There's really nothing for the third verse. It's just more battle rap bullshit. Yeah, I think it's more like bragging. Now we're back to bragging in the third verse. It's take heed because I'm a lyrical poet. Miami's on the scene, just in case you didn't know it. My town that created all the bass sound enough to shake and kick holes in the ground. Because my style's like a chemical spill. Yeah, that's pretty accurate. <laughs> First true thing he said. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Is that a brag that my style's like a chemical spill? Is that a, it a makes, good thing? It makes you have to flush your eyes out for 15 <laughs> minutes with water. Yes, rock everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimbut the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you! Hey, this is Dewey Halpas, host of Peer Pleasure on the Sound Talent Media Podcast Network. Join me each week as I explore another long-form conversation with one of your favorite musicians, actors, comedians, or creatives. From Chino Moreno of the Deftones, John Gorley of Portugal, the man, to Fat Mike from No Effects, and Ian Mackay from Fugazi and Minor Threat, we go all over the map. From Fallout Boy to Slayer, peer pleasure has it all.
Check us out now on Sound Talent Media. Yeah. <laughs> Feasible rhymes that you can vision and feel. Is that the line or is that? That's what it says in Rap Genius too, which you think it'd be like visualize. Yeah. And feel <laughs> wow. Feasible rhymes, meaning... They're passable. They're passable. Yeah. They're feasible. Yeah. I can understand it. They're, yeah. kind of, they're rhymes <laughs> that you can vision. Can you come and up with feel. something more feasible, Ice? <laughs> <laughs> I think he just did, I think he just heard that word from like somebody else yeah. and just thought that it sounded cool. Feasible. Yeah. That's a word, right, everybody? Like, yeah, but ice. Like it means legit, but it doesn't. Yeah. I am gonna describe <laughs> bad rhymes now. It's like, oh, rhyme was feasible. Like, yeah. Feasible rhymes. Rhymes that you can vision and feel. Just barely acceptable. Can Hey, conducted and formed, that's a hell of a concept. <laughs> he formed these rhymes, man. That's a, that's a real concept. How about him? We make it hype and you want to step. With this, Shay plays on the fade. Slice like a ninja, cut like, like a, a razor blade. blade. So fast, other DJs say, damn. damn. So he's doing the like... Oh, DJ stuff. is so fast. The so other fast. D- okay, the other DJs are just like, whoa. So I, I don't, I can't speak to DJ's skill. I can't I, either. I really can't. I've never watched him. I can't talk shit. Maybe he's good. I, I don't know how fast he is at scratching the records. I, I honestly don't know. Is he um, even a DJ? Do we know this? Maybe he was just his friend. So there was a falling out between him and Vanilla Ice. Damn. Okay. Because I guess another DJ, Earthquake, uh, D-Shay and Earthquake got into a fight and Vanilla sided with Earthquake. Geez. So then D-Shay was just like deuces. I mean, he, sh- he talks about DJ so much in this song. I know. <laughs> like, wow. I mean, this song is borderline like... 20% about Dishay <laughs> and how awesome he is. <laughs> well, if he was friends with Earth, Earthquake, it'd be 40% Earthquake. Yeah, I you guess. Know? Yeah. And you don't, you get, hey, you got to go with Earth, the guy named Earthquake in the argument, man. Yeah. You're going to get messed up. So I don't blame him. Dude, this next line we're about to get into is so fucked up. Okay. If my rhyme was a drug, I'd sell it by the gram. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> After all we just went through with you about how much you hate people on drugs. Uh huh. If you're saying you would sell your your rhymes by the gram like a drug. He didn't say how much he was selling them for. Yeah. It's <laughs> fucked up. Nickel? Yeah. Keep my composure when it's time to get loose. Magnetized by the mic while I kick, kick my, my juice. juice. Nothing. I got nothing. Nothing. We got nothing That's on gross. that. It's gross. Let's skip it. Kick my juice. <laughs> if there was a problem, yo, I'll solve it. Check out the hook while D-Shay revolves it. Okay. Now, we're shouting out DJ again. He's no earthquake. The other thing that I found, which is going back to the Arsenio Hall piece, is the word to your mother at the end. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that. Very important. This is the breakdown from Rap Genius. Mother is short for motherland, which refers to Africa, largely considered to be the mother <laughs> of continent and cradle of humanity. Word two comes from my word is bond, which is a way of saying that one keeps their promises from person to person. This term came from the 5% nation. Since Vanilla Ice would never refer to Africa as his motherland, he changed it from word to the mother to word to your mother, <laughs> meaning literally to keep a strong bond with your mom, which works for anybody <laughs> of every race. <laughs> keep a strong bond with your mom. That's the final that statement. That's, I, that's what he's going with at the, at the end of all of that. 
Be nice to your mom. <laughs> that's actually, actually kind of that actually kind of rescues the whole song. Which like it's funny to read it in that because I always just read it as like a way of just being like saying to one of your friends like hey, tell your mom I said hi. Yeah. Like, yeah. Hey, that's he just redeemed himself right there. It was uh, just a whole bunch of mayhem and then Hey, happy Mother's Day, right at the end of it. <laughs> I will say, we're talking about 1990, and you think about the biggest stars in the world. I'll tell you one person who is a big fan of NLS at this time, Madonna. Oh, yeah. Madonna was getting a little bit... Madonna was getting a little of that juice kicked to her at oh, this yeah, time. Oh, yeah, she was getting... For about eight months, she was with Vanilla Ice, which... Okay, I'm asking what I like Vanilla Ice as a 14-year-old. Think about Madonna. At this point, she's like a groundbreaking pop artist pushing the boundaries so oh, many hits yeah you're talking about like one of the biggest selling artists ever i guess that like the n- number one like most controversial sex symbol yeah. at the time and and like really at the height of her fame so maybe i would have liked vanilla ice also at an older age because apparently even madonna did for a little while do you do you know how they they met and stuff no Okay, well, he was like playing a show, and then Dishé or whoever, or maybe it was Earthquake, was like, "Yo, man, I think Madonna's out there," <laughs> and he's like, "What?" And he's like, "He's like, there's like an entourage out there." He's like, "And in the middle of it, I think that's Madonna," and he's like trying to look, and he's like, "Oh, I'll be damned, that is Madonna." <laughs> and then he said, uh, "He said after the show, he just went to his dressing room, and then Madonna just came in." With uh-huh. the, and she was like, let's go get a drink. And he was like, what? And he was like, okay, Madonna, <laughs> let's go get a drink. And then they dated for a year. Dude, I mean, think about this. The rise of Ice Ice Baby, I guess uh, I, I'm, I'm going just off memory, but I believe that like a radio DJ somewhere played play that funky music. And it wasn't doing anything. And then he was like, well, fuck this single. Let's flip it around and yeah. play this B-side. And right. it just caught fire. Right. So... At the time of the Ice Ice Baby music video making, they only had an $8,000 budget yeah, to make that music quick. video. quick. They were like, yo, we got to capitalize on this ASAP. So it went from making an $8,000 music video to now Vanilla Ice is dating Madonna <laughs> in such a whirlwind. That would have been like if, okay, that would have been it. Like right now we're recording this in, in May. That would have been like back at Halloween we we recorded a song and now I'm dating Taylor Swift yeah. or something like that that amount of time uh-huh. that whirlwind and you didn't even pursue her right she she just came right no, at you I and think grabbed it's you Taylor Swift out in the audience <laughs> to my white guy rap I mean a white guy rap song you know like that's crazy how fast uh-huh. that that and by the way that. I guarantee that was the most annoying couple of all time. Vanilla Ice and Madonna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. You're just like, hey, v- Vanilla and Madonna are here. Be like, oh, <laughs> eyes rolling. He got with her just in time to be in her sex book, too. So, Oh, yeah. 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 I never got that because I was nine. But <laughs> <laughs> Did you get the Vanilla Ice doll that they also mass produced? Oh, I did not. I wanted that really bad. But, uh, you know, I had to. Uh, I, uh, ice was out for me. I had to do it. Uh, bootleg and you know in in secret so i I would like i would have liked to got that well i got a quote from vanilla ice about their short-lived romance Mm -hmm. he said she was older than me and a great lover that was 
that that was all there was to it. Wow. I have a couple of Vanilla Ice's later year records that I kind of bought as like a morbid curiosity because he got very involved with like Juggalo records right, right. <laughs> and was like part of the psychotic family. <laughs> but why not? A Juggalo, yeah. But he has a song with ICP called Born on Halloween that samples This is Halloween from from Nightmare Before Christmas. When I just went on his Wikipedia page, he actually was born on Halloween. He was born on October 31st. Oh, I thought oh. it was just like, oh, we're going to write a horrorcore song about how I was born on Halloween. <laughs> nice. <laughs> That's pretty cool. In 1993, Vanilla Ice took a break to focus on motocross and jet skiing. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I love the idea of being a huge artist and taking a break to focus on my jet skiing—that's <laughs> the funniest career diversion. Like Michael Jordan took a break from basketball to play baseball. Okay, uh-huh. that's that's pretty crazy. But to take a break from music to focus on your jet, jet skiing, skiing, yeah, that's incredible. That's absolutely incredible. It actually makes me like him a lot more. I heard he was not too bad at it, though. I mean, yeah. He got a um, Kawasaki sponsorship out of the whole thing, so nice. it was pretty good. Hey, maybe he should have stuck with that a l- little bit longer. Who yeah. knows? I mean, we went and gotten his second album, Mind Blowing, right. <laughs> which was when he got really involved with Rastafarianism and the whole album. <laughs> he's rapping in a Rastafarian accent, which is... Oh man, uh, really that is rough. the worst. <laughs> it's the worst move he could have made. <laughs> I mean, he was dabbling in that onto the extreme. You know, you had Rasta Man having a Roni. Yeah. You had these these songs, but it was like Vanilla Ice was like, "How can I really push the envelope and be super offensive to black people?" <laughs> like, I I really got to push the envelope harder and harder and really appropriate as hard as possible. Now, do they um, have any? culture left that i can steal yeah, from yeah, I what re- didn't i take <laughs> i re- yes I, what more can i do <laughs> he was really going to teach that arsenio whole yeah, lesson. yeah. <laughs> we, we ought to talk about the very famous suge knight incident i don't know when that took place i watched an interview from 1996 about it it was at the peak of the song okay so probably 91 yeah so the story is that vanilla ice this is vanilla ice's side of it the vanilla ice a couple times he was out with his entourage like at a restaurant or something. And then Suge Knight's entourage, which was much bigger, not only in amount of people, but also in size of the people, uh-huh. would come and be like, <laughs> make like the guy sit next to Vanilla Ice, like, yo, get out of that seat. Sit down next to Vanilla Ice and be like, what's up? What's up, Vanilla Ice? <laughs> and Vanilla Ice would be like, what's up, gigantic, scary man? <laughs> He'd be like, nothing. <laughs> and then like those people would just hang out and then just leave. This happened a couple times, different times, different restaurants. He's like, yo, these people kept just showing up like, and just like saying what's up. And then Vanilla Ice was on the 15th floor. I guess, I don't know if it was a hotel or an apartment or what it was. I think it was a hotel. Okay. Because he wasn't, that wasn't, he was in LA. Okay. So yeah, he, he was uh, doing shows or something in LA. With his entourage mm-hmm. and Suge Knight and his entourage bust in one way or another. I don't know if they knocked or just came in and his entourage, Vanilla Ice's entourage starts getting roughed up. That's, uh-huh. that's how he said. And Suge Knight and Vanilla walk out on the balcony. And what Vanilla Ice says is that Suge made him look over the side of the balcony. Now in all, in all of our heads, this story has always been that Suge Knight's holding him by the ankles <laughs> over the side where I think that it might be more along the lines of Suge Knight has maybe his arm on Vanilla's shoulder, yes. kind of 
kind of maybe leaning on him. But here's the thing. He's Suge is doing this like under the radar. Like he's just showing up mm-hmm. and he's just like, that's what's om- up, I feel like dude? that's almost scarier. Yeah. You know what I mean, like yeah. it's like, almost scarier like it's, how calm he is. Cause it's just like, it's yeah. more I, psychotic. This means nothing to you, to me. I could kill you and feel perfectly fine the next morning about this. Right. right. So yeah, it was probably scarier for him to be like, yo, look down there. Yeah. Isn't that nice down but, there? That's, <laughs> you know, you're just like, that's holy shit. Yeah. And Vanilla <laughs> says, I'll tell you what, it's something along these lines. He goes, I need to be wearing a diaper that day. <laughs> he's, he's, but I, I give him credit for not being one bit like, I'll kick his fucking ass. I'm yeah. a lyrical poet. Uh-huh. I pull out my nine and my gauge. <laughs> like I do and I'll the, show him. Like I do with all the cokeheads you know, <laughs> along A18. No, he was like, yeah, I'm, I'm basically, like, yep. <laughs> yeah, he said he was going to uh, go to the bathroom in his pants. Yeah. He straight up says it. And then this was like an ABC News special. This is from 1996. And they're also interviewing Suge Knight, who at the time is in jail. And Suge Knight's just kind of laughing, going like, that didn't happen. But... <laughs> Vanilla Ice is like, he wanted me to sign this contract that says that this, I think it was like Malik something. Yeah, like, one of the, some rapper that he was like representing or something right, like that. that. That he wrote at least part of Ice Ice Baby and signing that contract basically gave him three to four million dollars worth of publishing from the song. Mm-hmm. Vanilla Ice was like, I signed it. He's like, I, he's like, he didn't write, he did not write that song. But I signed it. And which which I said to Matt, this is weird because like there's a signature hold up in court. Even if you're like, yo, I signed it because I thought the dude was going to kill me. <laughs> like, like I just I just scribbled my name because I thought to save my life. Does that count as like, do I still have to pay that? Does that does that hold up in court? I don't know if there's any attorneys that are listening mm-hmm. out there. They might want to chime in. Uh, let I, us I know about that. So oh. I just decided to go down a little bit of a rabbit hole because supposedly the money from this went to fund Death Row Records. Oh, yeah. Like, the money right. of Ice Ice Baby paid for Death Row Records. How many albums do you think Death Row Records successfully released in their time as a record label? Oh, my. I know that it's not as many as you think. Maybe it's just the grandiosity of them. That, yeah, yeah. The, the ones that they did were huge. Yeah. But then I knew it fell off real fast at the end, and, like, it was gone by, like, early 2000s or something, right? What, what's the answer to this? Six albums and four soundtracks. And that's, and that's it. it. That's, it? that's right. all they did. They started with the Chronic, then Doggy Style, then the Dog Pounds Dog Food album, All Eyes on Me by Tupac, the Seven Day Theory by Tupac, the Dog Father by Snoop Dogg. And then that was it for them releasing albums, except for the soundtracks they did Above the Rim, Murder Was the Case, Gridlocked, and Gang Related. Well, so it's crazy because like, yeah, Suge Knight definitely in this story seems like the bad guy. But had Suge Knight supposedly not shook down one of the worst rappers of all time, <laughs> maybe we wouldn't have had some of the greatest rap albums ever. <laughs> I would I would beg to differ. It's not like Dr. Dre was some young unknown that Suge Knight discovered. I, okay. I'm pretty sure the chronic would have happened, and it seems like all of the other death row stuff came from Dr. Dre directly. So we just would have got aftermath quicker. So Suge Knight would just wouldn't have got rich and, and whatever probably because of those, because right. I think Dre left 
after the chronic because he was like, yo, this is bullshit. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're taking all of my money. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, yeah. Vanilla did invent rap. We've we've forgotten about that fact. We're so lucky that Vanilla invented rap so we could have Biggie and Tupac and <laughs> and just all the great rap. Kendrick Lamar, everything that we have now. <laughs> Stems from Vanilla Ice. Thank you, Vanilla Ice, for inventing rap. Oh, man. Oh. And then funding the best rap of all time. Yeah. yeah. So fast forward to Limp Biscuit. And the late 90s. Fast forward through them. Yeah. Fast forward. I mean, dude, it, it's crazy. The, the amount of time between Ice Ice Baby and Limp Biscuit, it's not that. What I'm saying it's is eight like. It's a year difference. If the, it's, it's like, like six, six year, year yeah. difference. Six. Like, it's not that long of a time. No. And Vanilla Ice was like, okay, this is, I can, it's time for me to bring back my song that people loved, but just in the format of what's popular because it somewhat involves rap. Let's blend it up and pour it right in this mold right here. The Limp Biscuit served right up to him. Yes. Yep. It's yep. a good marketing move. Yeah. Make some and money off of it. I don't know how well the the Limp Biscuit version... I mean, it was 100% just a Limp Biscuit. Like, well, too not, Cold? Yeah. That, it, he changed the title to Too Cold, if I'm right. not mistaken. Yeah. Right. And it was basically, Ice, Ice, Baby! Baby! Too Cold, Too Cold. <laughs> Basically, he's corn and limp biscuit. Right. And uh, like he even like there's I, I listened to it recently and I was just like, I think this part is a corn song, but I've, I can't be sure. Well, I remember for a long time as a kid, the word on the street at the schoolyard was, oh, yeah, he did a whole album with corn. Corn has nothing to do with this. No, no, no. It's I mean, it's Scott Borland on keys and the guitarist from Snot on guitar and then just some stu- like studio musicians doing bass and drums. Right. And, and you know what I found out about this from another podcast is that. It was actually Mark McGrath who said this, who was playing bass for this Vanilla Ice thing at the time, was Scott Schreiner, who then, because Scott Schreiner was like a dude from LA, played in a lot of bands, and was trying to, you know, make it in music. He's Wait, now. Why do I know this name? Because he's in Weezer. Weezer, that's yeah. it. Yeah, he's the bassist of Weezer. Yeah, he was playing. So when I w- I actually went and saw this Vanilla Ice thing because it was like a a sideshow. You know, it's like whoa, Vanilla Ice is playing at Club Laga in Pittsburgh. I was a freshman in college, went and saw it, and so I mean, I didn't realize it at the time, but I saw the bassist from the now bassist of Weezer playing. Too cold. This. Yeah, which is pretty crazy. <laughs> what was it called again? The album. Hard to swallow. Hard to swallow. That's it. That's what I wanted to know. <laughs> which it was. It very, it, that's perfect. To be fair, his album titles all sound like someone who thought that they had an idea for a cool song, <laughs> like an album <laughs> title, because he got hooked to the extreme, mind blowing, hard to swallow, bipolar, platinum underground, and WTF, wisdom, tenacity, and focus. Ugh. Dude. I got to tell you this. That just made me nauseous. (laughs) Matt, maybe you could look this up while while I'm talking about this, but he released an album, I believe in like the mid 2000s, maybe 2008, where he covered 
It's an all-cover album. Vanilla Ice does the classics, meaning he covered a bunch of rap songs very terribly. <laughs> like, such as? Oh, Vanilla Ice is back. He did Jump Around in 2011. So it has Ice Ice Baby, You Dropped a Bomb on Me by The Gap Band, Fight the Power by Public Enemy, Jump Around by House of Pain, Baby Got Back by Sir Mix-A-Lot, I Got to Chill by EPMD, I Got It Made by Special Ed, Buffalo Soldier by Bob Marley, Insane in the Brain wow. by Cypress Hill, and Treat Em Right by Chirab Oh, yeah. I w- And then three different remixes of Ice Ice Baby. The world did not need Vanilla Ice to cover. No. And I love these songs. Again. Ice Ice Baby, the Rock Hero mix. Ice Ice Baby, the Club Crasher mix. And Ice Ice Baby, the new romantic mix. <laughs> oh, wow. Oh, God, I got to get that. How awesome would it be if you brought a lady home on a date <laughs> and you turned down the lights, maybe lit a few candles and put on the Ice Ice Baby romantic mix. <laughs> Do you like Ice Baby? I also like that it's the new romantic mix, implying that there was a prior romantic mix. <laughs> I mean, there's so many Vanilla Ice songs that would be amazing to put on in that situation. I love you. <laughs> because I love you. <laughs> so, you know, Vanilla Ice, I feel like he's stuck around in so many different times. He has like tried to be like, now I'm cool. I'm yeah. cool now. Look at me. Now I what I think he had like a house renovation show. Maybe? So, yeah. so I mean, I think that that's kind of the that's like the thing where we were talking about this earlier where I was like. He's one of those dudes that I both sometimes root for and then sometimes just shake my head and be like, why are you this way, Vanilla Ice? Because like, you know, he got over his drug addiction. He like got over his like depression and then he like made a good living renovating houses. Like the the reason why there was a reality show is that like he's got a shit ton of money just from doing like house flipping. <laughs> like he's very good at it. Yeah. So it's like, oh, that's cool. But then it'll like do some dumb shit. Yeah, <laughs> like, like, I have a theory about that. <laughs> What's that? Because I mean, he's got an interesting and compelling story for some parts of his life, like you know, the attempt and everything. But if other people are telling his story, you start getting sympathetic, and you're like, oh, okay. Well, but then he opens his mouth, and you're just like, I oh, fuck this dude. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> it's it's pretty much. But you know, I feel like I've seen stuff in, of him recently. Like Matt and I, before you got here, Juris, we watched. It was like a, a video with like a million views saying like free Eminem freestyle like on a rap radio morning show like like a he that he kills it with this rap and then we watched it we're like oh no that was terrible it was that, really bad it was bad but like it kind of seems like he's in on the joke now he definitely knows how to play a role right because I remember like there was the MTV was like the the most awful videos of all time countdown. And Ice Ice Baby was on there and they handed him the master copy and he like beat it with a bat. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. Look at Vanilla Ice. He doesn't give a fuck. And then like he was on like the surreal life reality show where they had like the framed pictures of like all of them when they were younger. And he like walked through and just smashed every picture of himself and said, oh, it brings up too many bad memories of like who I used to be. But then it's like, but then you keep going back to being who you used to be. Right. Right. Yeah. He just keeps. Yeah. Every time you think. It, it, it like pulls him back to, yeah. to who he really is. I told you that tweet that he posted though that I love. So so he played Donald Trump's New Year's Eve party oh. in December. Okay. During a pandemic. This past year? Yes. Yeah, this past year. At Mar-a-Lago. Uh, like, geez. Like, dude. So I looked up what is Vanilla Ice's politics? I kind of knew. 
right? We all know. And it said, <laughs> Vanilla Ice doesn't like to talk about his politics. And they had a, a recent tweet, and it said, frankly, I prefer a Ninja Turtles pizza party over either the Democratic or Republican party. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's funny. I, I can't help but say fuck you to anybody that during a pandemic plays a show, especially at Trump's party. <laughs> like, like. But I kind of feel like with Vanilla Ice, every step of the way, it's like, oh, who will accept me ironically? Hence why he jumped into the Juggalos, <laughs> Juggalos for a while. Yeah. Yeah. Juggalos, oh, you think it's funny that I'm going to... Oh, I'm down with the Juggalos then. I'll get a Hatchet Man tattoo, yeah. sure. Oh, Trump supporters, like, oh, nobody will play your thing. So, you know, except the guy who sings uh, Proud to be an American and and Three Doors Down. Like, those are the... And Ted Nugent, those are literally the only people that will play your thing. And, like, Trump will do some dumb dance to my song or something. Like, okay, <laughs> I'll do that. Whatever, whatever. He just... Wherever will accept him ironically for a while he's a walking reality show a walking yeah. dancing i with mean the and stars that's what his it, whole life and that's yeah. where it's like it's, it's hard to spectacle. cheer for cheer for him is because it's like this is all an act it's, <laughs> like all, it's all an act yeah. yeah i don't think he's in on it he's like a bad forrest gump he just <laughs> walks through life like i oh and then and then i invented rap <laughs> and then, then i was jet ski champion of the world <laughs> and then he was playing hardcore music and then he was fixing houses and then he had a tv show and then he was hanging out with donald trump and then you know like every step of the way like he's very much the Forrest Gump. Yes. That's very, very good music. way of putting it. Yeah. yeah. Couple more things before we close up. What was going on at the time on the charts? We know this was just pre Nirvana. Yeah. You know, so uh-huh. this was the number one song at the time. Right around right. the corner. And then also on the charts at this time was right behind it Black Cat by Janet Jackson. Good jam. Mm-hmm. Pray by MC Hammer at number oh. six. You got to pray. 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 You got to pray just to make it today. I didn't even remember that being a single when it was number six. I it, know I loved it. It but charted higher than You Can't Touch This. What? Wow. Yeah, You Can't Touch This only got to number 12 on the Billboard charts. And then also on the charts, as we're just reading off a list of careers that Nirvana ended, uh, at number 10, Cherry Pie by Warrant. Oh, yeah. All right. That's a whole nother... Yeah, podcast in and of itself. That, yeah. that Dude, whole story is nuts. Dude, the lead singer of that band is so funny because he hates that song <laughs> oh so God. much. Little did I know that for the rest of my life, I'd be judging cherry pie eating contests. <laughs> and be the, the cherry pie guy. <laughs> he's like, I, he's like, I fucking hate that song. He's like, he's like, I wrote it for the for the the record label, and now I'm the cherry pie guy. Fuck that song. <laughs> <laughs> the cherry pie guy. Are we going? Is Vanilla Ice, did he bring the one-hit thunder or is he a one-hit blunder? Uh, this is really difficult. I mean, w- w- in what aspect, though? I mean, that came on like an atomic bomb. Like a poisonous mushroom. <laughs> <laughs> and dissipated just as quickly. I mean, I know that he invented hip-hop. Yes. Right, but I think I'm going to have to go with a blunder on this one. It's... Oh. It's a lot of, sh- there's a lot more strikeouts in the Vanilla Ice story than successes. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. It's a tough call, but I'm, it's, it's like when Matt says that, I don't, I don't have the feeling of disagreement going through <laughs> me. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? But at the same time, that song, man, I loved that song. This song right here. I, I loved it. I would go as far as to say that it changed my life. Yes. Yes. Like it was the first CD I ever had. I listened to it so much and 
I danced to it. I know every word to it. Oh, uh, yeah. And maybe it strengthened my love of music. It was the first time it was like, I want this. Like, I had some, like, cassettes and yeah. stuff. Kind of, usually kind of like either someone gave it to me or it was my parents. that I. But this was the first thing where I was like, I want that. Yeah. And I kind of think that, like, watching this guy do his goofy dance moves and wear Miami Hurricane shirts uh-huh. was, like, made me go, like, I want to play music. Yeah. I want to make music and, <laughs> and eventually found a lot cooler music, but another <sighs> vanilla ice jump off right there with, with so many of them, your yeah. entire music career is because of vanilla. I see it might be <laughs> like, you know, I, I could maybe track it back to boys to men and stuff too. And, yeah. and to a certain extent, Ween changed the game for me too, because I was so young, but like this was way young. This was elementary school. And uh, it's the ravenous hunger for that song that you were just talking about that I had too. I don't know. I can't tell you exactly why though. Like we didn't know each other back then. We have a ravenous hunger to have this song on CD or whatever. Like what was the draw? You know, the, the singing along and rhyming and everything is a big part of it, but we haven't even talked about this and it's very important to mention that maybe queen was part of this. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, no, it wasn't queen. He had a little at the end. Oh of yeah, it. <laughs> yeah. It's not. It's not. The Queen song is dun 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 dun. But my song is dun 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 dun. It's that little dun. It's not exactly the same. Ice. You just emphasized one of the duns. That's all you did. Yes. But but subconsciously, it was the music was for my money one of the greatest bands of all time. So you had that basis. I mean, it works for and against it, right? Because it's like, what what makes this song work is that it's got this driving beat that Vanilla has nothing to do with. Right. And yeah, you knew all the words, but you're also reading them for the first time being like, what the fuck was I rapping? (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Acting like a rock man lover. I'm going to give it a thunder pass. I I have to. It was too too important of a... Personally, yeah. It was too important of a song to me Mm -hmm. to deny... So I can't, I mean, I think the guy's a moron and I I can't stand him, but I can't deny the song, man. I can't deny it. I'm still, you know, I'm still out on ice. I'll call it thunder for the personal reasons that it it rocked my world back then. But the rest of his entire career is a a mess of variety. It's the funniest (laughs) blunder. Hey, in the the Forrest Gump story, you forgot to mention like, oh, he dates Madonna. (laughs) Like it is the most Forrest Gump story ever. Like more than Forrest Gump story. But I'm going thunder. I'll go thunder. This has been One Hit Thunder. One Hit Thunder is hosted by Chris Fafalios of the bands Punchline, Pack, and Another Cheetah and produced by Matt Kelly of Geekscape.net. Underneath me, you're hearing Vega by Another Cheetah. If you have any interest in podcasting, visit WeKnowPodcasting.com for how Chris and I can make your show sound as professional as possible. Let us know your thoughts on the show by emailing us at OneHitThunderPodcast at gmail.com and make sure you rate, review, and subscribe to us on your favorite podcasting app. Tune in next week for another episode of one hit thunder. You'd be much better off with someone else. Vega. 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 Can I take you?
You're listening to the Geekscape Network. Welcome to us talking about our podcast for a minute. What's the name of that podcast? That's Axe to Grind. Uh, and right now you're going to be getting a little a little taste of it, right down to the shaky microphone and all. <laughs> and my name's Bob. And my name's Patrick. And usually we're joined by Tom. Tom's the best. Tom has a real grown-up job that requires him to be at work. But we talk about decidedly not so grown up things like hardcore music and things that people that like hardcore music tend to like. So that could be the latest shows, uh, revisiting classic material, talking about the new classics, um, all the little dorm room nonsense that you imagine from a niche music podcast that, that you either love, want to love, or hate. Yeah, imagine all the emotions that you have towards a genre that that uh, has impacted your life, uh, and then condense them down to an hour to two hours a week. So triangulate your speakers. Think about jumping off the bed, singing along, dancing like an idiot, and listen to Axe Grind podcast. Ever wonder what a punch from Elton John feels like? Or how you'd cope with having turned down the chance to be in Nirvana? Or what signal Keith Richards gives when he wants you to get the hell out of his hotel room? Fans of Too Much Effing Perspective don't have to wonder, because they've heard these exact stories and a jillion others on our podcast. I'm Alex Hoffman, former tour manager for Radiohead. And I'm musician and comedy writer Alan Keller. On the TMEP show, we get guests like Nancy Wilson from Heart, Jeremiah Freights from the Lumineers, and Modern Family's Julie Bowen to tell us things they may have only shared with their therapist, clergy, or a TMZ stringer. So join us on Too Much Effing Perspective. That's E-F-F-I-N-G Perspective. The only podcast you crank up to 11. Oh. 